Timothy. Chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, and I'm going to read some few verses here tonight of familiar scripture. I'm going to read from the King James, and then I'm going to read my main text to you also from the Amplified Translation. So we're looking here at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. All right, are you there? Can you see it? All right, it's up there. You got your binoculars? Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Verse 3, I thank God. That's a good way to start. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Paul writing to Timothy greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned or the sincere faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother uh, Lois and thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded that is in you also. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to read verse 6 to you in the Amplified translation of that text, chapter 1, verse 6 in the Amplified, and it says this, That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, and fan the flame of, and keep burning, the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you. Let me read that again. That you, <clears throat> to remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you. And I want to preach tonight for a few minutes on the thought of rekindling the flame rekindling the flame. Father, bless the reading of your word tonight and anoint, uh, anoint me to minister to your people to teach and to preach what you've laid upon my heart for this service. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. I believe that Timothy uh, possibly had a bit of a problem with timidity because in one place, Paul writing to him in one of these letters reminds him to let no man despise his youth. And when he was writing to the Corinthian church, Paul mentioned Timothy as he did in several of his letters. And he mentioned Timothy and said that if Timotheus come to you, see that he may be among you without fear. So there was a possibility there from what we gather from the scripture that 
this young preacher had a little bit of a problem maybe with some timidity that Paul was trying to get him out of. He also mentioned here in this text how that God has not given to us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I have every reason to believe that this young man, Timothy, was a good preacher. I believe that. Paul said in the book of Philippians that he had no one in ministry working with him that was as like-minded for the things of God as Timothy was. He was a good young man. He was a good preacher, no doubt. He was very sincere. He had a a, a, a sincere faith. He had a good family, a good upbringing, a good ancestry. We read here in this text that his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice had sincere faith. They were believers in Christ and they had instilled in Timothy that faith. And so he had become a believer through the teaching of that godly mom and that godly grandmother. And uh, But even though he had all of these good things going for him, there was something that he still needed in his life. And I believe that's what Paul was addressing to him here in this, in this text. And that is that Timothy just needed to be set on fire. He needed a rekindling and a restirring of the fire of God in his heart. And there are so many today who are just like Timothy, I believe, within the body of Christ, within the church. They have faith and they have facts, but they just lack the fire. And I know I'm not talking to anybody here tonight. This message probably should have been preached on Sunday morning, but that's okay. You're going to get it. All right. <laughs> they just lack the fire. And, and Timothy lacks some fire in, in his life. And so Paul, here writing to him, advises Timothy to rekindle the sacred flame that is within him and to rekindle the fire of God that is within him. Now we have, uh, many of us here tonight, maybe couldn't relate to this, but we miss the meaning somewhat. We have, a lot of us, been blessed and are blessed to live in homes that have central heating systems, amen. And you just go up and you turn the thermostat and it kicks on and blows nice warm heat all throughout your house. But I'm sure there are those here tonight that can remember the time and maybe you lived in a house in, uh, young, in, in your younger days where you didn't have central heating system and you depended on a wood stove or a fireplace, an old wood stove to heat your house. And you can remember those uh, cold winter mornings when you would get up and shiver before that old wood stove while you opened that door and took that poker and uncovered those leftover coals that were there from the night before. There was just a lot of ash there, but if you would stir up the coals that were there, you'd find there were some red ones down underneath from the night before. And you could stir those and add some kindling and then fan that thing till it got some oxygen and finally a flame would appear and you could put some more wood on that fire and get that thing heated up and get it blazing and get warmed up again. Amen. How many knows what I'm talking about? 
Praise God. I remember uh, Vicki, when we got married, we hadn't been married very long, I don't think, and, and the first time she went deer hunting with me, amen, <laughs> we, <laughs> we stayed with some folks in a house that had the very thing that I described to you tonight, that was the setup there in that house. They didn't have central heat, and they had, a, they had an old wood stove there, a big wood, pot-bellied wood stove in the living room, a large living room area, and that was the whole heat for that entire house. And the bedroom that they gave us to sleep in was off from the kitchen, which was, uh, the kitchen was off from the living room, then the bedroom off from the kitchen, and we went back there, and it felt pretty nice, you know, and, but there was an awful lot of cover on that bed. There was a lot of blankets and quilts, and Vicki even mentioned to me, she said, why is there so much cover on this bed? I mean, it was, you know, it was heavy. You couldn't even hardly pull it back to get under it. And I said, well, you'll know, you'll find out in the morning. Amen. <laughs> so sure enough, you know, in the morning when we, when we woke up, it was like one of those deals. The first thing you saw when you opened your eyes was your breath, you know. <laughs> it was uh, that old potbelly wood stove was putting out some heat during the night, but sometime in the night, nobody got up to rekindle the flame. Nobody got up to stir up the coals. Nobody got up to add any fuel. And uh, it had died down during the night, and it got cold throughout the house. Amen. Well, you know what? There are times in our experience with the Lord when the fires of God burn low. And we have to do what Paul admonished Timothy to do here in this text. We have got to stir up the heavenly flame and the fire of God within our hearts. Can I get an amen? Every one of us, if we don't watch, we've got to continually keep the fire of God burning and stirred up and the flame of the Holy Ghost, the fire and the zeal of God burning within our hearts. Now, Timothy here was not exhorted to stir up himself. It's not our fire that we have to stir up and rekindle, but it's the gift of God. It's the fire of God within us that we are to kindle. That, uh, that gift of God that Paul mentions to Timothy is what needed to be stirred up. So what is? Let me ask that question. What was this gift of God that Paul had in mind when he spoke to Timothy about this? It wasn't Timothy's ability. I don't believe that it was Timothy's own enthusiasm. But, but it was something else. And Paul mentioned and stated in another verse back in 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 14. He told Timothy in that letter... He said, son, neglect not or do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given you by the laying on of hands of the presbytery. In the text I read to you tonight, Paul referred to the gift of God that Timothy had was given to him by the putting on or the laying on of my hands. We believe 
in the ministry of the laying on of hands. Do you know that the laying on of hands is a biblical doctrine? Paul, the writer of Hebrews, mentions it in Hebrews, I believe, chapter 6, that one of the basic doctrines is the laying on of hands. That's why we like to lay hands, anoint with oil, lay hands on people to be healed, to be blessed, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I believe in laying on of hands. Can I get an amen? Praise God. So Paul said that it was through the laying on hands that this gift was given. It was the gift of the Spirit, the gift of God that he was referring to that Timothy had was the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift that was given to him for this particular ministry. The anointing that God had given him through filling him with the Holy Ghost. It was the supreme qualification. And can I say this tonight, that that this gift of God and the gift of the Holy Spirit is the supreme qualification for preaching, for witnessing, for service, for doing anything effectively for God, we must have the gift of the Holy Ghost, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost. We cannot as a church or as individuals be effective or do effective ministry for God without the fire of the Holy Ghost in our lives we got to have the fire, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. People are doing all kinds of things today and having all kinds of, of um, uh, studying all kinds of different methods and ways of getting people to come into the church simply because we've lost the fire. We've lost the power of God. May it never be here at Abundant Life Family Church that we ever lose the fire of the Spirit of Almighty God. Amen. It's that which we need today for preaching and doing the work of the Lord. This gift of God represents the fire of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. John the Baptist said it well in John or in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11 when John the Baptist said there's coming one. I'm baptizing you in water to repentance, but there's coming one after me that's mightier than I. The sandals, his sandals, I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. And he said, I baptize you in water, but he's going to come and he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Come on, somebody. And with fire. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost and we need the fire of God today within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul recognized here, talking to Timothy, he recognized the value of training. He exhorted Timothy in in the epistle to study, to show himself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. We must have training. I'm not against education. I'm not against uh, biblical training. I'm not against, um, you know, learning and all of those things. We need that. We need that today. And so Paul admonished Timothy to, uh, to train and to study. 
Paul knew the value of experience as well. That this young, this young minister needed the experience and he, uh, uh, in order to be a good pastor. Because he said that, that a, a bishop was not to be a novice or a young Christian or a young believer. But he needed to have some experience. And so Paul was acknowledging to Timothy, you study, you hide the word in your heart, you learn the scriptures, amen. He said, I know that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So he said, get that word in you and study that word and get some experience. But he said, above all that, above all that, Timothy, you study, you do all they, all those things, but above all that, Timothy, stir up the fire. Timothy, don't get in a rut. Timothy, don't let them make an ordinary preacher out of you. Don't let them make an ordinary Christian out of you. Uh, keep the fire of God burning. Keep the fire of the Holy Ghost burning because more than anything, you need the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden and sets the captive free God give us a church tonight that's full of the fire of the anointing of the Holy Ghost oh hallelujah I gotta calm down here a little bit don't want to bust anybody's eardrums we as Christians and what all Christians and preachers and churches need most of all today I believe is to stir the embers of the holy fire until that heavenly zeal consumes us once again. Can I get an amen? We've got to have that. Jesus did not say that he would spew anyone out of his mouth for being too hot. But he did say that he would spew people and, and churches out of his mouth for being lukewarm. And there are too many today in the church that have only a bed of coals instead of a flame. And they need a good stirring. Praise God. That is my prayer for, for this church. There's not a day that goes by in my prayer time as I'm praying for this church and for this congregation and for every one of you. I pray this prayer that everyone in Abundant Life Family Church will be filled with the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, that the fire of God will burn on the inside, that we'll be a church on fire, a church alive, a church full of the Holy Ghost and full of the power of God. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. See, we're living in a, in a difficult day today in these last days, ladies and gentlemen. And, and we're living in a day where the fire has died down within many believers' lives and within many churches. We're living in a day that Jesus spoke of when he said that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many would wax cold. I believe we're there today. There are many that have quenched the spirit and have left their first love. Now let me tell you something. The Bible's very plain. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica and he said that one of the things he told them was do not 
quench the spirit. That word quench means to extinguish. It means to put it like putting out a fire. And that's what he said. Don't put out the fire. Oh, come on. Don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your church. Many have done that very thing. We have quenched the spirit. We have put the Holy Spirit off in a side room. Churches have said they don't allow or don't want the operation of the of the gifts of the Spirit in their Sunday morning services. They won't allow speaking in tongues to be done in Sunday church because of, a, of the, the fear that it will cause newcomers or visitors to be afraid and leave. Hogwash, amen. Boulder dash, amen. Forget about all that nonsense. Praise God. I'm telling you, if we get the power of God in the church, it's not going to run people off. If we get the power and the fire of God, It'll bring people in. It'll draw people in. We'll see the growth we need when we have the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm not ready to conform, ladies and gentlemen, to this world. I'm not ready, amen, to conform to a seeker-sensitive ideology that tries to appease the world to bring them in. I'm of the belief today that we need to get fired up again and full and refilled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching too too hard for for Wednesday, for Sunday night. Amen. Wet blankets. Wet blankets of various sorts being used today to snuff out and to smother the flame of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We cannot allow that. Let me tell you and exhort you tonight, church, that if for any reason the fire in your life has become coals, you need to stir up the gift of God. We need to stir up. Keep a glow. Keep a glow at any cost tonight, saints. There's no price too great to pay to be a burning and a shining light for Him. There's no no price too high. We, we can go. We need to go to any length, whatever it may cost, whatever it may take. We need to keep the fire of God ablaze within our lives and within our church. There are so many wet blankets tonight. There are so many uh, things that can smother the fire in the lives of individuals. I think we're all aware tonight, we should be, that, that one of the wet blankets that, that will smother the fire of the Spirit is that wet blanket of willful sin. You can't live a life of willful sin, ladies and gentlemen, and have the fire of the Holy Ghost at the same time. We're living in a time. We were just talking before the service tonight. I know I'm going to be real unpopular, but that's okay. We were just talking before the service about one particular preacher. We read some of his commentaries and things, but um, Brother Roger was telling me, well, he believes that it's okay to drink alcohol just as long as you don't get drunk. And you know what? I told 
told Brother Roger, I said, you know what? That very thing, this guy is not Pentecostal, but I said that very thing has drifted over now into the full gospel Pentecostal ranks. It's, they're called sipping saints, I guess, you know, that it's okay to take a little uh, alcohol, to drink a little wine with your meal. You can socially drink as long as you're not uh, intoxicated. I just read it to you this morning from Ephesians 5.18 where Paul said, Be not drunk with wine. Can I get an amen? I'm going to tell you what, you're not, going to, you're not going to be able to be involved. None of us can be involved with the things of this world and dabble with the things of this world and dabble in sin and have the fire of God blazing and the zeal of the Holy Ghost in our life at the same time. We just as well wake up to the fact that, praise God, the same standard that God had in the Bible is the same standard He's got tonight. Amen. And if we want to see the power and the glory and have the fire, we have got to make sure there's no willful sin in our life. I'm amazed today, and I won't mention any names of any, of any television shows or things that people are allowing to come into their living rooms, but I am amazed tonight, ladies and gentlemen, of some of the, of some of the things that are being brought into the living rooms of Christians and some of the language that they're allowing to come through that television set. I want to tell you something. If we're going to have the fire of God blazing in our hearts, we're going to have to turn some of that junk off are you hearing me we're not going to be able to sit and fill our minds with that pro- and corrupt our minds with the profanity and the ungodly filthy vulgar language that so many Christians are allowing to come into their homes are you hearing me tonight oh we've got to put everything out of the way that would that would quench our flame and our fire and get stirred again and not allow any sin to smother the fire of God from out of our hearts and out of our lives. Hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples and those whom he was preaching to, he said this, he said that the candle of our testimony can be smothered either by a bed or a bushel. Amen. How many remembers Jesus saying that? Nobody. Well, Mark 4, 21, Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed, under a bushel or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? There Jesus is talking about a lamp, talking about a flame, talking about a fire. Said that fire, that flame is not to be set under a basket, under a bushel basket. It's not to be put under a bed. What's he talking about? That bushel stands for money making. That bushel basket stands for the cares of business and the concerns of this life. That bed stands for, I think we all know what the bed stands for. That bed stands for luxury and for ease and worldly pleasure. It's, it represents apathy that will deplete the soul. And here's where we're at tonight, saints of God. Most Christians' lights tonight have been put under a bushel or under a bed. Some tonight are too busy to burn for God, and others are just too downright lazy to burn for God. I, I ain't getting no help here tonight. 
the test of any interest in our life, the test of anything that we allow in our lives, any interest that we have in our life must be this. Here's the litmus test. What effect does it have on my fire? What effect does it have on my, on my filling with the Spirit of God? Does it tone down my zeal? Does it grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes, we have to have business endeavors. And yes, we are involved in, 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 in our jobs and in work and in making money. But that cannot be the priority. Amen. Praise God. See, here's the thing within the church. And, and I've talked to preachers about this. And I've talked to other people about this. And here's the thing. If there is a sin that the church needs to repent of today as a whole, it is that fact that we've taken that fire of God and we've stuck it under a bed. That bed being a type of apathy, of, of, uh, of lethargy, of a slumber, of laziness. And I'm here here to tell you tonight that the devil has brought a spirit of slumber within the church and has put a lot of Christians asleep. That church tonight is kind of like Samson of old when he laid his head in the lap of Delilah representing the world and he went to sleep and while he was asleep he woke up and he, he didn't even realize that the spirit of God had departed from him. That's where our church, our Pentecostal church is at today. That's why this preacher preaches on revival and prays for revival. And at our prayer meetings, we're praying for a move of God. Rekindle, stir up the gift of God, the fire of God. Let the flame of God burn within our lives and in our church. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. God save us from that spirit of slumber. One of the things, one of the major wet blankets that the enemy uses to put the fire of the believer out, yes, willful sin, the bushel, the bed, laziness, apathy, those are things he uses. But here's one of, those, one of the main things he uses, and that is this, this wet blanket of just neglect. Neglect. The writer of Hebrews said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? He didn't say how shall we escape if we reject it, but how shall we escape if we neglect it? Years ago, when I was a young fella, and uh, Vicky and I were newlyweds and all that. I had a job working for an advertising company, a billboard company there in Cape. And we put up billboards and, and posters on billboards all over southeast Missouri, southern Illinois, western Kentucky, all over the place. We went everywhere. And there was a one year, I will never forget, there was an, there was an ad by the, the ADA, the American Dental Association. And they had billboards that they put up everywhere. And they were advertising, you know, for good oral hygiene. And I'll never forget this, this billboard. We put these posters up all over the place. And when we put it up, it was, it was, a, it was a picture. The whole billboard was, was, a, was a face 
from, you know, just from here to here. And it was a person that was a lady that had a beautiful smile, and she was, she was smiling and showing her pearly whites, showing those beautiful teeth. And the, and the caption on the billboard said this. It said, ignore your teeth, and they will go away. <laughs> Isn't that true? Amen. And they were, they were trying to tell everybody, don't ignore your teeth. If you want to lose your teeth, all you have to do is ignore them. Don't maintain them. Don't take care of them. Just neglect, and they will go away. Let me tell you something tonight. That's one of the things that has happened within the body of, chi- uh, within the body of Christ in the church. If we let that fire alone, if we just ignore the fire of the Spirit, that fire will begin to burn low and the ashes will gather. If we neglect that fire, it will go out. You all have camped. You know how that is. If you want to keep that campfire going, Brother Bill, you've got to keep putting some fuel on there. Amen. When you stop putting fuel on it, it burns lower and lower, and it will eventually go out. Not because anybody put any water on it, not because anybody smothered it, but simply because they neglected to tend to it. That's where many in the church are at tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have neglected to tend to the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We've neglected to keep ourselves stirred. And how do we neglect uh, that gift? We can neglect it by those means. When we neglect those means of grace that God has given us, when we neglect our prayer life, when we neglect the Word of God, when we neglect church attendance and coming together to worship the Lord collectively and praising God, when we neglect those things and we put them out of our life, listen to me, it won't be long till you'll need a stirring. I said it won't be long till you'll need a stirring. It bothers me when I see uh, people that one time wouldn't miss a service get to where they hardly ever come to the house of God. Let me tell you, I can tell you this, I'm not judging them, I don't have to look inside them, but when you come to church once in a blue moon you got no fire I said you got no fire of the Holy Ghost you've neglected the gift of God and all you got is some smoldering coals it's time to get in a good Holy Ghost church and let the stirring come and the fire and the flame of the Lord burn within you one more time we need that in these last days It's never been easier, church. It's never been easier than it is today to grow slothful and complacent in our spiritual life and our walk with the Lord. The spirit of this age, this world that we're living in is against the man or woman of God that's, as, that's on fire for God. It's against us as, if, as it never has been before. Oh, the trend is to get away from old time, Bible-thumping, believing, Pentecostal church. I'm telling you, we got a group here that's going to be Pentecostal. I said we have got a group here that's going to be Pentecostal. And like one fellow said, I was born in the fire and the smoke hurts my eyes. Amen. But in this spirit of the times we're in, it's against us. The trend is to go the other way. The very atmosphere today in this world is dulling 
The devil makes our eyelids heavy and fills our mind with cobwebs, gets our attention focused on other things besides the things of God. The spirit may be willing, but tonight there are many in whom the flesh is weak. And let me tell you something, it's not easy once you've let that fire grow low. It's not easy to stir oneself to take hold of God, but that is what we have to do in these last days. A church in crisis needs, or a world in crisis needs a church in revival. This world needs an on fire Holy Ghost church. This community needs an on fire Holy Ghost church like we've never needed it before. Oh, my Lord, help us tonight. Oh, abundant life to stir up the gift of God and take hold of God. We need to take ourselves tonight, myself included, every one of us, get a hold of ourselves by the back of the neck and shake ourselves out of that coma, out of that lethargic chloroform condition that the devil's put us in that's been brought on by the spiritual climate of an ungodly age we've drifted away God bring us back to the fire bring us back to the book of Acts bring us back to the power of the Holy Ghost one more time in these last days I'm not satisfied in it with anything else I said I'm not satisfied you can ask my wife, I stay dissatisfied most of the time when it comes to the things of the church and the things of God. And I, I, you know, and I'm not, again, not going back to my message this morning, I'm not complaining, but I'm never satisfied. God can move in a mighty way, and I'm blessed, and I'm encouraged, and I'm excited, but I'm still saying, God, we need more. We need more. we got to have more. Not just some mercy drops once in a while, but we've got to have the glory of the Lord in this place on a continual basis. Amen. I said it to our prayer group yesterday. I said it to them yesterday. The, big, the calling card of that early church, that book of Acts church, praise God, was healings and miracles. There was one miracle, one healing took place of a lame man at the beautiful gate. And it caused people to gather around to see what was happening. God always used healing and miracles to draw people where they then could hear the gospel. And 5,000 were saved that day. Are you hearing me tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. God, and I know people say, well, God needed signs and wonders and miracles to get that early church built and get it started. But he doesn't need them today. My Lord, where are you at? Get your brain back in gear. Amen. We definitely need them today. God hadn't changed. God hadn't went out of business. Denise been teaching on those spiritual gifts for several weeks back there in that adult class. Every adult ought to be back there hearing how the, uh, the gifts of the Holy Ghost operate because we need those gifts operating in the church today just like they had in the early church. Oh, I'm Hallelujah. We've got to come back. Get the fire of God back in us. Don't neglect the gift. And that's what I think is what happened to Timothy. Because I read that verse to you from 1 Timothy 4. In the first letter Paul wrote. And he told Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Then in 2 Timothy, the second letter, he's writing him. And he's saying, 
stir up the gift that is in you. It just fits together to me that somewhere he had neglected, he hadn't backslid, he hadn't went into sin, he was still saved, but he had just allowed through neglect the fire to burn out and he needed a stirring. It wasn't out yet. There were some coals there. Oh, so he stirred up and rekindled the thing. Oh, listen to me, saints. Other people will be wet blankets to try to smother the fire of God in your life. If we allow that to happen, do you know there's people that want to tone you down, steal your joy, reduce you to a dreary, that dreary level of general average? But I'm here to tell you, no, I don't want to be an average Christian. I don't even want to be an average Pentecostal. I want to be above average. I want to be superior. I want to be in that place, praise God, where I'm full of the power of God. See, if the devil, devil will do everything he can to keep a person from being saved, but if he can't keep a person from getting saved, the next thing that he endeavors to do is just make them an average Christian, and he usually, he usually succeeds in that. The devil doesn't mind a person joining a church and being a part of a church if they go in there and behave like most of those who are already inside. Amen. But praise God, the devil don't want anybody getting on fire for God. And that's the, the people that God can use in these last days. Amen. Oh, let's be real wide awake Christians tonight full of the power and the fire of God. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me hurry up here. The last thing I want to mention to you tonight is what Paul mentioned to Timothy here. That fear can also work to choke out the fire of God in your life. Paul said after he told Timothy to stir up the gift in verse 6, the very next sentence in verse 7, he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The fire, so many fires of God, that, that fear has smothered out of people's life. Whether it be the fear of the past, the present, the future, fear of others, fear of failure, fear of sickness, fear of death, whatever the fear you may have, I want to tell you something, fear of COVID, amen? Fear of all of these things that we see in the world today, Amen. God did not give anybody a spirit of fear. Whatever fear a person has, it's not from God. God has not, Paul said, given us a spirit of, of fear. But what he has given us is power, love, and a sound mind. Those are three things that are a part of that gift of God. Power, love, and a sound mind. Those are the gifts that we need to be stirring up. Can I get an amen? We should be stirring up the spirit of power tonight. For we have been promised power. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and be witnesses unto me. We should be stirring up the spirit of love tonight. Because 
Perfect love casts out fear. We need to be stirring up the spirit of a sound mind, a disciplined mind, a mind that is focused on the things of God. Listen, don't let the devil rent space in your mind. Get control of your thoughts. The Bible said that he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Paul said that you are to think and meditate on things that are honest, pure, lovely, of good report, things that are virtuous, that are praiseworthy, things on these things stir up that sound disciplined mind don't let your mind be in the gutter don't let Satan come in and clutter it with the fears of this world stir up a sound mind the love of God the power of God stir up the gift of God that's in you hallelujah we need to get down to business saints Down to business and prayer and praise, worship, feeding on God's word, seeking the Lord to stir up the gift of God. Listen, I'm close with this. There's a story that was told that in years, years ago in Scotland, before the days of matches, that the fires had gone out throughout an entire community. Everybody's fired now. The people set out looking for someone that had a fire. They need to rekindle their fireplaces. And they had to find somebody that had a fire. They looked everywhere. And at last, far up on the hillside, they found a humble little home up there where the hearth in that home glowed with a radiant flame and as soon as they found that place that had that fire they they gathered up they gathered up everything they could and they carried it up there and they were carrying everybody was in that town was carrying coals here and there from that one fire to replenish their own cold blackened fireplaces and I'm going to tell you something tonight that today, in this day in which we're living today, there are weary hearts, there are discouraged souls, there are needy churches, there are, there are people today, I believe this with all of my heart, that are looking for a soul that has a fire, that's full of fire with God. They're looking for somebody who is kept aglow in spite of the world, the flesh, and the devil. I believe there's people tonight that are looking for a church that is ablaze with the fire of the Spirit of God. Amen? Oh, listen to me. God spoke that to me years ago down here, down here at the old church. I'll never forget it. And I was on this side of the church by myself, knelt down at the seats on that side of, of, the, of the church, praying one day. And they're all by myself, praying and seeking God for the church. And, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and told me, Son, he said, there are enough people in this community, or in this area right here, that are hungry for God, that one time had the fire of God, that don't have it now, but are wanting to have that fire back. There's enough people to fill this church and every church in this area. And I'm telling you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, there's hungry people tonight. They're looking for a church that had 
has, has the goods. They're looking for a church. Amen. They're not looking for a bunch of people that just come together and do church. They're looking for a church that has the fire of God, the power of God, the glory of God, and the anointing of God. And my prayer is let them find that church at 3954 highway 221 let them find a, a group of people here that have stirred up the gift of God the fire of God and are blazing with the fire of the Holy Ghost amen praise God worship team make your way back praise God bow your heads with me saints father oh we thank you we thank you we thank you we thank you for your presence for your spirit tonight. And God, I pray that you'll take the words I've said tonight in this message and apply them to our hearts. God, whatever, we, we search our, we search ourselves tonight. We examine ourselves. We ask you to examine us. And if there's anything, God, at all that has smothered our fire, we renounce it tonight. If there's anything that is extinguished the fire of the Spirit in our life. We renounce it tonight and ask you to remove it. And we yield ourselves tonight afresh and new to you. We, 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 we come to you tonight to stir up this gift that is within us, to refill us with your Holy Ghost tonight, to give us a fresh fire and fresh power of the Holy Spirit. Make this church the Spirit-filled Pentecostal church, powerful church that you want us to be, that you've called us to be. And we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we thank you for it tonight. Oh, lift your hands. Worship Him tonight. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, just like on the day of Pentecost, let the cloven tongues of fire set upon us. Let the fire of God set upon each one tonight. Fill us afresh and anew with your mighty spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you stand tonight? Let's come around these altar saints. Let's get in these altars and do some stirring tonight, all right? Let's ask the Holy Spirit tonight to be rekindled, that the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit be rekindled within us. And if there's something that has extinguished your flame, oh, ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent of it. Take, have Him take it out tonight. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up those spiritual gifts tonight within this church. Let those gifts of the Holy Spirit be in operation tonight in this church. All nine of them, God, restore and let them be used tonight in a, in, in, in a greater way than ever before. In the name of Jesus. Let's seek Him tonight. I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. My heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Oh, your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit. 
the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is un- 